Now, if you haven't smiled yet, I promise you this message will be encouraging to you because this message is life. Often people say, Pastor, that was a great study, and my response has become, yes, that was life. That was everyday life. Someone said, life's hard. Someone else said, life's impossible. And someone then said, but with God, all things are possible. And that's what we're going to celebrate this month, the life and the work of God at West County Community Church, and that's in people's lives. Uh, how many of you were here 17 years ago when we were doing West County Community Church? Just about five, six people. So you're going to learn a lot of history. And as you look, I hope you all have an outline. We're starting, you see in our memory verse, right where we ended last Sunday, Philip taught about the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I gave you this verse as a memory verse, so I put it down there again because all month long, that's what we're really going to be studying, what the Bible teaches about living in the Spirit, walking by the Spirit rather than walking by the flesh. Because everything that God calls us to be and puts a claim upon our life is impossible apart from the power of His Holy Spirit at work in our lives. But each Sunday for the next three Sundays, in three weeks we'll actually celebrate our 17th anniversary as a church. And on that Sunday we'll start the service so you can just be reminded now you want to be in that service right on time because we'll start the service baptizing. And then we'll have a responsive reading. And then we'll have praises to the Lord. And then we'll take the Lord's Supper. And then we'll e even take a walk in the new building over there. And we're going to do all that in an hour and 15 minutes. So I realized I'm not going to have much time to actually teach on the work and the life and God's call and claim upon our lives on that Sunday. We'll just be celebrating these different truths through these different events that we will be doing. So I thought the 17th anniversary is very rare. In fact, we'll never experience what is happening in this 17th year. And I'll tell you that in a little bit. But each week we'll start out and I'll just give you four more truths that we are celebrating the power of love in West County Community Church. And you can just write down there in the first bullet, we have seen thousands of persons in the last 17 years trust Jesus Christ to be their personal Lord and Savior. And of those thousands, we have seen 1,087 persons baptized, professing God's ownership and identifying with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. And that's what scriptural baptism exemplifies. We stand in the water and we say, I belong to God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. My life is no longer mine. And, and that's the miracle of God's grace. This uh, last week I was privileged, and it is a rare privilege. I told this couple that this doesn't happen many times in my 40 years of ministry where I meet with people that are almost 80 years old. And they've been married almost 50 years. But by the work of God's Spirit in their lives, they came to a conviction that they did not want to live whatever years left they have being the way they've been the last almost 50 years, critical to each other, resentful toward each other, bitter toward each other. Just think, they've almost been married 50 years, and they finally, by the grace of God, opening the eyes of their heart, came to that courage and conviction, and they came to me and said, Pastor Phil, and by the way, it's almost 10 years ago that family members tried to get them to come to me, and they were not ready. It's a mystery, isn't it? You can be so miserable, but you're not ready to change. You're more comfortable being the way that you've just learned to be miserable than be set free by the power of God. But they came to me a few weeks ago, and this last week the event came and said, we want to be changed. And so I just began and said, are you rare people? Are you courageous people? To be almost 80 years old and come to me 20 years younger than you? That's when 59 is young, see? For some of you that think 59 is old, that are in 30s, 59 is young when you're almost 80. 
and come to me and humble themselves and say, we have been critical our entire marriage. We have been resentful. We are resentful and bitter. In fact, the husband said, you know, the thing about my wife is things that I did 20, 30, 40 years ago and hurt her. She can recall it in any time we have a disagreement just like it was yesterday. Isn't that amazing? And the wife said, and it makes me miserable, and I want to change. Well, we're going to study this morning what it takes for us to change. Because, by the way, this person grew up in a Baptist church and said they had trusted Jesus when they were nine years old. But, by the way, by the end of the time, the Spirit of God, only as the Spirit of God, fell on her, and she said, I have never been changed. And she dropped to her knees and said, Pastor, I have never understood till today the word repent, and I need to repent. I want to become a new creation in Christ Jesus. And we had a love time. In fact, I almost got embarrassed and said, I'll just turn my head. You guys do whatever you want to do. It is wonderful when Jesus takes over. Amen? Like I heard Mark Lowry say last night, I was watching a little Bill Gaither. And uh, he came on, and if you know Mark Lowry, he's a great singer, but he's a great humorist, but he says profound things when he makes you laugh. And he, he comes on with that big smile of his face, and he says, I tell you what, folks, you can either be miserable or you can be grateful. What are you going to be? And then he looks at him, and he says, now put your arms like this. All of you put your arms like this. I can see all of you. See, that's why I got you here. I can see y'all. Put your arms like this. Now, now some of you are doing it anyway because right now I've made you happy, so you're grinning anyway. But he says, you know why I make people laugh? Because you can't laugh and keep your arms folded. Now, just try sometime. Just start laughing strong and see if you can keep your hands folded. No, your hands will drop. And he said, I make people laugh because the truth of God can't come through you if you got your arms like this that is in your disposition. Well, see, I praise the Lord that we've had 1,087 persons baptized, but you're going to see this morning through our study, there's a huge difference in making that initial prayer, Lord, I receive you and I repent to being devoted. Now go on, let's keep going. The next bullet, we have seen God do mighty things at Lafayette High School and Crestview Middle School. That's where we started. And that's one of the uniquenesses about our 17th anniversary. It splits right into our 17 years that we spent half of the time at Lafayette High School and, and, and Crestview Middle School for our ministries. And then we've been here in this building and on this location for eight and a half years. We'll never be able to say that. And so you can put that in there for eight and a half years. And since March 17, 2002. And by the way, I want you to know, when we were getting ready to get into this building, we had all our plans to be in in October or November. I mean, we had everything planned. The, the project manager, the builder, everyone had promised, and we were gearing our people, and it didn't happen in October, November. So then we were pushing hard to get in December, before the new year. And then we were pushing hard for February. Well, we finally made it on March the 17th, but we made it. And that's an easy date for me to remember because that's also my wife and my anniversary. So I never have a problem looking back in the calendar thinking, now, when was our first Sunday here? But we made it. I want you to know we're not going to make... Six months ago, we were gearing everything to be in our new building on Anniversary Sunday. And I can tell you, we, Joe and I had another meeting with a project manager. We're not going to make it by Anniversary Sunday. But we've got a plan still. And by the way, our commissioners in Upward met last week, and we decided whether we're in the new building by December or not, we are gonna have, we're going to have Upward. And right now we're doing our due diligence to find another place if we're not in there. Jeff, our project manager, in a, in a meeting Friday, he still wants us to be in there by January. But I want you to know right now it's all dependent upon our giving. 
In fact, I just want you to know, we need $35,000 today. See, we have $300,000 still in the savings, but all of that money's committed. And you know, some things in the building, you order the materials, and it doesn't even get here for three weeks. But once that money, because for you that are new investing, we've never borrowed a penny on this building. We're building it as we have the money. And so even though we have 300000 in the savings, it's all committed. It's all spoken for. So we don't use it twice. We don't say, well, we got that. And we don't even get a bid till we have the money in the bank. And we've been doing that the last two years. And I'm just telling you, if you've been thinking or praying about giving to this, I've, you know, and I, several of us have been double tithing, and I thank you for that. And some, a lot of us have been giving gifts. Some of us give gifts. But this is the day. This is the day that we need 35000 You say, what do we need that for? And don't worry, I'm telling a lot more people than are in here in the next service that. So it's not up to us, but this would be great if we would just do this. Then I could tell them I could go on. But what do we have to do? We have a little window of 30 days to build this road, put the curbs, you know, that goes from here all the way around there. So once we get the building finished, we won't be in the winter or the spring when it's snowing and frozen and raining and walking through the gravel. So we do have reason to all of our order. So I just say to you, that's free. If you haven't given anything and you're praying about giving, today give something. Because we're going to be counting it up, and then I'm going to be visiting all night long with two hell's angels on motorcycles, all of you, knocking on your door saying we still need 22000 Now, not really. Some of you were looking real stern there. I'm just teasing. All right, let's keep going. We have seen God's people, the next bullet, give. And how much do you think the people of West County Community Church have given in the last 17 years? Write it down. $21,613,161. And when Joe gave me this figure and he said 84 cents. But I'm glad to tell you that's already a wrong number. He gave me this number on Wednesday. But on Friday when we were meeting with our project manager, Ronnie happened to walk through the office. That's my wife. And she said, honey, by the way, I saw Wednesday night some men walk in to the worship center and put envelopes in the offering boxes. You better check them. I said, Joe, get out there. I mean, like a bird dog after a rabbit. He was out there, and so that's already almost a couple thousand dollars behind. And that's one of the advantages of having the offering boxes. The offering is not just once a week. It's any time God's people move in their heart, and they want to give. So that's already, you could probably put an eight on that instead of a six. But as I just think, and of course, I'm going to give four new blessings every week just as I think, Lord, what are the things you'd like for us to just remember and celebrate your working today? I thought of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. And, and this was something that God put upon Paul's life when he thought about just the grace and goodness that God was doing through the people at the church of Thessalonica and read it with me because I just think it's fitting as we celebrate our 17th anniversary. We always thank God for all of you, mentioning you in our prayers. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to talk about those two little verses more in the coming days. But let's go to Roman numeral 2. Remembering God's call upon our lives. Uh, last week, Phil talked about God's gift to us, the Holy Spirit. And God has made Himself known through history, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's how we have a relationship with God. 
the Father. We trust the death of His Son. We trust the resurrection of His Son. We trust the promise of His Son that if you'll repent and believe, if you'll repent and receive the person of the Holy Spirit that He said, I'm going up, but I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come, that that's how we have a relationship with God through His Son is by His indwelling, abiding Holy Spirit. And the first word in the book of Acts after the Holy Spirit came, and I'm going to show you that, that is used to describe the early church is this word we're going to study this morning, and it is be devoted. You can write that in Roman numeral 2. Remembering God's call upon our lives, it's be devoted. Now take your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 2. And we're just going to pick up where Phil stopped last Sunday in seeing the evidence of that people living by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. See, in Acts 1, Jesus spent 40 days more with His disciples. He told them to go wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit to come. They went there in Acts 1.13 and prayed. In Acts 2, they were all together at Pentecost, 120 of them. The Holy Spirit came. They began to speak in tongues. We see that was languages that every Jew, no matter what language they spoke in, they heard the gospel, who Jesus is, what He's done, what we must do, receive and repent. And in Acts 2, we pick up the story in verse 37. See, when the people heard this, that is, they heard the gospel that Peter was preaching, they were cut to their heart. Now, that means they were convicted. It was like this week. I was just going through the Scriptures because only the Holy Spirit can convict us and open the eyes of our heart. If the Holy Spirit doesn't move in your heart, you will just keep hearing truth, but you will not change. You will not be brokenhearted over your sin. You'll defend your sin. You'll compare your sin. You'll justify your sin. You'll blame others for your sin. But the Holy Spirit moved in this woman's heart, and when all of a sudden she realized that the reason why, even though she loves her husband dearly, she's horribly critical. She said, Pastor, I need to be saved. And she literally just fell out of her chair onto her knees. I didn't say get out on her, but see, that's what happens when God moves in your heart. Humility takes over from pride. And he fell. She fell to her knees and said, I must be saved. See, they were cut in their hearts. And they said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, See it? It's the first word that Jesus mentioned in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, when he began his earthly ministry, repent. But I can tell you as a pastor and a person in the church, it is the missing link in most people's lives today in church. And she said to me, she said, well, I have asked God to forgive me my whole life. I said, yes, and that's good to do. The Bible says if we confess our sin, that is, we agree with our disobedience and our selfishness and our independence to God, we agree with God. That's what confess means. And we acknowledge, I need forgiveness. I need mercy. I need grace. We need to do that. But let me ask you, have you ever changed your attitude about your selfishness or independence or rebellion? And she said, well, my life shows that I have not. See, that's only the Holy Spirit. And she even knew that verse. She said, Jesus did say, and you will know them by their fruit. 
She said, I've never repented. No one's ever explained this to me. That repentance is different than just asking for forgiveness. I said, yeah, when I grew up, I grew up in southeast Arkansas on a little farm. And it was real the end thing among men. Now men play golf at the club. Back then where I grew up, men had registered high-priced animals. It was a rural town. And I mean, all the doctors, all the big plutocrats of town had the most expensive bulls, and every cow you had was registered from a university. The University of Arkansas Agri prog- program is just 16 miles from where we were. If you've heard of Arkansas A&M at Monticello, Arkansas. And so my dad bought all these registered Jersey cows and all of these registered Angus beef. And we would train them and show them and even registered certain kinds of pigs. And every fall, we would go to the county fair. And we would teach these animals. They were all halter trained. And we could teach them to walk just right. And when the judge would come around, we could, with a cane, just touch their toes. And they would line up straight. And they would hold their head perfect. You talk about position. Perfect. And they could walk just right. Now, the pigs were more difficult. You had this little gate that you'd do with pigs, and, but we could teach them too. But after that two and a half days, and we would take mom's perfume and we'd put on, I mean, anytime they had a poop, you had to wash them, clean the straw, everything. But we would make about three to $400. This is in the 50s because our animals would always take the grand champion. Now, it did not hurt that our dad was the one that hired the judges. That's called crime in Bradley County. But see, my dad knew the pressure was on, so we had high, expensive, and we worked hard. But you know what I learned as a little boy? And I didn't like it. Because after that two and a half days of washing those animals and scrubbing those animals, I mean, it was around the clock. It was hard work. They had to be clean all the time because once you got that ribbon, all these people would come around and you had to deserve. You had that blue ribbon. So after two and a half days, my older brother and I, I was about nine or ten. He was 12. We were exhausted. And so the last thing when you're finally going home, what's a little boy ready to do? Go to bed or play. Not more work. A veterinarian sitting right down here on the front row. He knows what I'm about to say. So when we would get home, my dad would say, okay, put the halter on each animal and walk them out. And we would have to walk them 20, 30 minutes, which seemed an eternity to us little boys, just in the barnyard. My dad would turn the radio because they like music. And we'd just walk them around and we'd say, dad, is this enough? Can't, no, son, keep walking. And the pigs especially had to put the rope on them and you just walk them and let them, you know, they'd walk around and sniff and they'd realize they were back home. Now, city slickers, why would we have to do that? Because if we didn't, they would be so excited to get home and be what they were is those pigs would come off that trailer if you didn't have a halter and they would be bucking and they would run to what? Wherever there was something, a manure pile, a muck if it had rained, and they would get down and they would start wallowing so in it they could twist their intestines. Because see, they had made been made to look and smell like a human for two and a half days, but they were a pig. What have you heard all your life? People go to church on Sunday and act like Christians, and then Monday through Saturday act like pigs, and the world says, you bunch of hypocrites. Now, you know this morning I say this lovingly, you know if your life has been changed. You know that. And I say, 
and all of the love of Jesus in me. Sugars, if your life has not been changed when no one's looking, let the Holy Spirit cut you apart in his love and you be like this lady, fall on your face before God and this people and say, I must be changed. See, that's what happened. They changed their attitude. That's that word, repent, metanoia. And they changed their attitude about their selfishness. They changed their attitude about sin. They changed their attitude about who was going to be God. They changed their attitude whether they're going to be critical or grateful. They changed their attitude. And the implication is they were saved because they were baptized, and you're not baptized until salvation occurs. That's consistent throughout the Scriptures. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, remember Jesus commanded Matthew 28, baptize in the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit on the account of they were forgiven. And you will receive, and there it is, Phil talked about it, the gift of the Holy Spirit and the promises for you and your children and for all who are far off. That is, this promise is for everyone, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Remember, Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. I, I can't get saved till the Holy Spirit calls me and convicts me and opens the eyes of my heart. Because apart from him, I will not repent. And with many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized. And about, there you see, 3,000 were added to their number that day. And then here's the word we're going to look at today, the first word to describe the new church. And circle it, verse 42, they devoted themselves. Now, right above that word devoted, so you, this will help you remember this, write the Greek definition of this word that appears in the New Testament under or over devoted. Write continually steadfast. Continually steadfast. And I give it to you there under Roman numeral 2, capital A in your notes. Proscaterero. It means to be, write it in, continually steadfast with a person or thing. That is, to endure or persevere with a person or thing. Now, you that can turn in your Bibles to different places, quickly do this. Just hold Acts 2 because we're coming back. But I want you to see something, and you'll remember it better if you turn there. Go to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15 is the chapter that's known as the resurrection chapter in the New Testament. And it spends all these verses declaring the power of the resurrection in our lives. And I want you to see in verse 58 of 1 Corinthians 15 the conclusion of the power of the resurrection. It's this word, be devoted. See, it says, Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor is in the Lord, is not in vain, and that stand firm. If you grew up King James or if you have King James translation, it, translation, it's be steadfast. It's this word, devoted. Be devoted. Now think, all of you that are married, what that means in your marriage. To have a Christian marriage is to be devoted, continually steadfast. Now, notice how the Scripture says that this early church was devoted. First, and you can write it in your notes, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, which was the Word of God. And I'm going to take you through this, and then we'll back up. Number two, they devoted themselves, the Scripture says, to the fellowship. 
That word is koinia. It means to have in common. And what did they devote themselves to? They devoted themselves to what now they had in common, and that is they had repented and received the Holy Spirit in their life, and they belonged to God. And everything else in their life took, was secondary because first in their life they were committed now to whose they were. Jesus Christ is Lord. And then look at number three. They devoted themselves, it says, to the breaking of bread. Now, when you read about that in commentaries, it speaks that sometimes when it uses this phrase, it's actually speaking of partaking in the Lord's Supper. But it's also used in just sharing Christ's life, write it in, sharing Christ's life together. And then lastly, it says they were devoted to prayer. Now, let's just make a few notes on each of these. Go back to number one, where they were devoted to the Word of God. Just write in the reference there, John 8, 31. John 8, 31, that's where Jesus said to His disciples, if you hold to My teachings, then you are My disciples. It always grieves me when I think about how many lives have been changed here at West County Community Church. When I sit up there, thousands of persons trust Christ. That was not a preacher's exaggeration. There have literally been thousands. That means more than 1,000 when you put an S on it. That is not an exaggeration. You say, but then why was there only 1,087 persons? baptized because only about 30 to 40 percent of people that even receive Christ take that first initial step, receive Christ, and be baptized. And that's not just our church. Actually, we do a little better than across the nation. Across the nation, it's only now about 15 to 20 percent of persons that pray and say, I receive Christ, or ever even take that next step of baptism. And one of the leading reasons is most people in America, what happened to them when they were babies? They were baptized. So once they received Christ, they say, well, I've already been baptized once, but I, we say, well, the Scriptures teach, though, that you're baptized after you get saved, not before. And just through whatever family members think or whatever, people are, are unable to take even that initial step of obedience. But even as I look at that 1,087, you say, where are they all today? Well, I'm going to show you one of the great challenges of life is being devoted. Because in our sinful nature, Isaiah 53, 6 says what? We all easily stray. We grew up saying in the old hymn, we are prone to wander, and we sure are, from the God that we love, and He loves us. And that's true, by the way, all through Scripture. In the Old Testament, Israel was ever wandering. In the New Testament, even with Jesus, often Jesus would teach and they'd say, this is a hard teaching. And it would say many that had begun to follow Him, it even caused them disciples, turned away from Him. And even Jesus would look at the twelve and say, well, you go too. And remember when the cross came, they took off. Who was it that came back? Did they come back to Jesus? No, Jesus went after them. Oh, Jesus said, if you hold John 8, 31 to my teachings, then you're really my disciples. And then, here's a huge then, you will know the truth, and what will the truth do? Set you free. If you were here right at the first of the service, Kirk mentioned he went to a funeral. 
Well, because we have all these Wednesday night ministries, and I'd been gone the week before, I felt I should be here, and Joe went, but I went to visitation. In fact, I saw Janie at visitation. And I saw a lot of folks that through the years, God did a great work in their life here. In fact, even as we were in line, the line was quite long. When we went in, I saw some folks over here. I told Ronnie, I'm going to go over and visit with these folks. And while I was with those folks, one of their children walked over that now is a young adult. And it surprised me because I'd known this child, but it's been, you know, eight, nine years since I've seen this person and this family. And and we're going to see why is it easy in our sinfulness whether it's in your marriage, children with parents, or people in a church family to stray. Well, when you have a disagreement or a disappointment, when you have a misunderstanding, it's easy for us to be what we are apart from being filled with the Spirit. And what is that? We get distracted, we get discouraged, we get defeated, and we drift. We're easy to stray. And as this young, now it's a young adult that I knew as a child and a teenager, but the parents said, Pastor Phil, do you remember, and he used that word, do you remember my child and called her name? And when he said that, the child said, well, Dad, of course. And through the years, this child has struggled greatly. And just like that, this was not rehearsed, but the Holy Spirit brought to my mind, I said, you know, honey, the last time I remember us together, it was at children's camp. We used to go to the Lake of the Ozarks, and she had even gone as a youth counselor. And I said, I remember how God did a mighty work in your life. And she smiled, and she said, yes. And I said, you know why God says 220 times in the Bible Remember, honey, wherever you are today in your walk with the Lord, remember what he did in your life at camp. And she said, that's good. I need to do that. Because she had stood up before the whole camp and professed that she knew she belonged to the Lord Jesus But ladies, she had a lot of struggles in her life that are common among teenagers, thinking she was too fat. And all that stuff that comes along of making yourself throw up and all that stuff. And, and, you know, here was a precious person. Here is still a precious person. And we had a sweet, sweet time. In fact, she may even start visiting our church again. But she lives way down in South County, so I recommended to our great church in South County. She's going to try there. But you know what the good news is in every one of our lives? When we drift, just like when the disciples drifted, who comes after us? Jesus. Who comes after us? The Holy Spirit. If you've received him in your life. That's his love. But why do we need the Word of God? Because we are all prone to believe lies. The devil got that young lady to believe a lot of lies when she was a teenager and a college student. Are you believing lies today? That's why Jesus says, Devoted is staying in the Word of God. And then look at that next one. I got to rush on. It says they devoted themselves to the fellowship, to what now they had in common. And what now they had in common is they were the Lord's. And this week you look on across the page there. 
And if you have a good concordance, just do this study because first I had this in font so small I could hardly read it. And I finally thought, I'm going to make this readable instead of aggravating that you have to put your eyes like that or for some of you like that. But there are over 45 expressions in the New Testament about this new relationship of belonging to one another. And I want to just read through this with you. In fact, let's just read it responsively. We men will read the odd numbers. You ladies read the even numbers. And just notice all of the new ways that we are to be devoted to one another once we come to Christ. Here we go, men, ready? Accept one another, then just as Christ accepted you. Ladies, I appeal to you Bear with one another and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Carry Therefore, confess your sins. Be devoted. Therefore, encourage. Be kind and compassionate. Offer hospitality. I myself am convinced, my brothers, a new command I give you. You, my brothers, Now, this relationship to one another is a theme throughout the New Testament. Over by number two, I want you to write down this scripture. We don't have time to read it, but it's 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 27. And that's the passage where it says that when you receive Christ, you are part of the body of Christ. And every part has its purpose. And like last Sunday, I walked in, Kirk said, how are you? And I was limping a little, and I said, well, you know, I spent the whole night in Texas, and I slept in this bedroom where as soon as you got up to go to the restroom in the dark at night, I would go immediately this way. Well, I woke up last night, I got home, and in my bedroom, you go this way. And I ran half in my sleep right into this wall, and have you ever broken a toe? Well, come to be, I didn't break it because it's recovered. And if it was broken, but I sure jammed it, and sure enough, by Sunday afternoon, it was black and blue. But I must have just jammed it. But I tell you, that little third toe that I have never in my life said, God, thank you for my right third toe, was the most important part in my body for two or three days. Now, let me tell you another lie of the devil. He tells you, and maybe you're the third toe of this body, that you're not important. Does the devil ever tell any of you you don't count? I guarantee he does. The devil even tells me at times 
You don't count. Just write this reference down, First or 2 Corinthians 2.11, because it says, become aware of the schemes of the devil or he will continue to outwit you. And one of the ways he outwits us in the Christian community that we think that we receive Christ and that's it, and we never learn this devotedness, continually steadfast. There's a lot of empty chairs this morning simply because parts of our body thought it doesn't matter whether I'm there or not. It's called what we've struggled with in the last 50 years where our culture has impacted us more than the Word of God. See, I grew up, and there are places where Matt serves in Texas. Multitudes of people would be no other place today than in church house because that's a part even of their culture. but not here. Since 70 to 80% of us grew up Catholic, St. Louis, we go to Mass on Friday night, Saturday night, anything we do, in, out, and our. I grew up, you were in church 9 o'clock for Bible study, then worship, then you would have people over in the in the church Sunday afternoon, you'd play together, you'd talk at the, the table for two, three hours, then you were back for Bible study again at 5.30, then another worship service, then two, three families would go out to the drive-in, and for 25 cents, I had four boys, my mom, I was second, but for 25 cents, we would have a, a Coke, a hot dog, chips for 25 cents. And we, would have, and we would spend that whole day, and even though we were tired, it was good to be in the house of the Lord, and we were devoted to the fellowship. By the way, there were no businesses open on Sundays, no sports on I mean, we, it was the Lord's day, and do not neglect yourself coming together to be encouraged and spurred on. And so being devoted is a challenging thing because now we're what? Individualistic. And we're individual and we're independent and we don't want, and we're mobile and we say, well, why invest yourself even in a care group? Because after you're with them, some of them are going to get mad and upset and leave or they're going to move every three years. I mean, we are in a challenging situation and I'm saying we, the whole church, the body of Christ in America, to be devoted. I've told you before, in 1957, there was one divorce in 956 marriages. I was six years old then, but I don't know why that stat has always stayed in my mind. When I was six years old, there was one divorce in 956 marriages. And when the preacher said, for better or for worse, we knew devoted. See, look at number three. They devoted themselves to sharing Christ's life together. That's why if you're not in a care group, you need to be in a care group. If you're not in a men's or women's Bible study, you need to be in a men's women's Bible study. And write this reference down, Acts 5.42 you know how often they got together? It says daily they got together. Daily. Because you know what they understood? They not only needed God, they needed each other. Because we all what? Forget whose we are. We forget that God is God. We forget His promises. We forget His purpose. We forget truth and we start living lie and we say I'm so busy I don't have time for that I promise you if you neglect God's truth for your life you will get old and finally realize you stay busy 
but you didn't live. You know, tonight when I gather for a care group, it won't be because sometimes I'm so tired, I have to keep my eyes open when I'm driving there. But I know once I get there, instead of just laying on the couch and taking a nap, there's something powerful that happens when I walk in and I get 14 to 16 hugs. And when we pray and the women go to their table and the men, we go to our table, we, we tell all kinds of crazy things and we laugh because we do men's stuff and the women do girly stuff. But in the midst of that, often the Lord comes up and, and we talk about the Lord's provision in our life. And then we get together and we go deeper in this study. And I'm telling you, it's always good to be with God's people and share His life. And sometimes there's tears and sometimes there's laughter and sometimes there's great challenges and there's confession. And stuff happens in those care groups that never happens in these walls because it's in a home and we're sharing Christ's life together. Oh, they devoted themselves to prayer. I'm out of time. Just write in there Acts 2.43. I want you to look at that verse, Acts 2.43. Here's why they were devoted to prayer. Remember when the disciples came to Jesus and they saw he had a power they didn't have? And they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Well, here's where they were. See, everyone was filled with awe, verse 43 of Acts 2, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. See, they were not only desperate for God, but they had seen God move mighty. In a few weeks... We're going to advertise, ladies, you can get ready for the Christmas tea, and it'll sell out in one Sunday. If you're not here on that Sunday, you just won't get a table because it will sell out. We are privileged to have one of the, the best God-anointed woman speakers, women speakers in America, Jennifer Rothschild. And we've been able to get her to come do our Christmas tea. So it'll be like when we do Albert Pujols tickets. It sells out the first day. And we'll show a video that it will even give an advance notice that she's going to do that. But, you know, we already know that that night, whoever's in this room, just because of God's working in Jennifer's life, it's going to be a mighty moving of God. And this week when I was talking to the caterer, it's a lady that I tried to get an appointment with last year to share Christ, but she wasn't ready. But when, when I was talking to her, I said, I can promise you this. Of all the people, and I do this every week, share Christ with, I've had one person in my memory, and that's 20, 30 years, one person that I've ever taken through the Scriptures that God's Spirit didn't fall upon their life, and they were saved. So do you think when I meet with anyone, I don't have great expectation? But it's not about me. It's about just I've been equipped to share truth, and it's about knowing the power of the Holy Spirit's going to work in people's lives. That's the way these people were in prayer. They had so much confidence in God because they had seen God move that they devoted themselves to prayer. That is, they were continually steadfast in prayer. As we close today, are you continually steadfast to the Word of God? To the people of God? Are you connected every week with God's people sharing Christ's life together? Is every day the priority of your life to start the day and through the day and in the day? Seeing God... I humble myself before you. See, look at those bottom blanks. Here's why being devoted in the New Testament is so important. Where there are people, there are what? Problems that can distract. 
And when we get distracted, that is, we get off of God, we get on ourselves, and we find ourselves discouraged. We lose heart. That's what discouraged means. And we find ourselves defeated. And that equals drifting from our devotion to God and one another. See, be devoted to God and one another. We can. This is the good, glorious news. We can overcome problems that are guaranteed with people and experience His promise that it was that last song we sang, He is able to do immeasurably more than we could all ask or imagine. And that equals fulfilling God's purpose for calling us to be West County Community Church. Let's pray together. And as we pray today, I want to just ask you, what describes you the most? Devoted or distracted? Devoted or discouraged? Devoted or defeated? Devoted or drifting? The good news, if you're not where you'd like to be, God loves you. And He comes to you today by the person of the Holy Spirit. And He calls you, Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden and burdened, and I'll give you rest. If you're here this morning, and as we were talking about, have you really been changed? In your journey of life, have you always just asked God to forgive you? You know if there's ever been repentance or not. If there's not been, God is so merciful. He is so faithful. Repent today. Receive Him for who He is, the King of kings and Lord of lords upon your life. Surrender your life as we sang for Him truly to change your life. Because He is love, He will not change your life unless you truly do surrender your life. And start a new life in Christ today. Oh, Father, we just praise you and thank you for your goodness and grace, for your call that you gave us 17 years ago to be surrendered, to be a dynamic community of faith. And, Lord, we thank you for your mercy as often we've struggled in that call. And we've stumbled in that call. And at times we've drifted from that call. But you are faithful and true. And I just thank you, Lord, as only you can. As you broke through at Pentecost and cut through those hearts. Cut through our hearts, Lord. Let us see we only have one life to live. And Father, to your honor and glory and to the good of our family and to the good of your purpose being accomplished in our life, may we say today, Lord, by your Spirit's working in my life, I will be devoted to your word, to your people. I'll make time to share your life with others. And Father, I'll see the holy, indescribable privilege of daily being devoted in prayer to you. Oh, we thank you, Father. We thank you and praise you for your mighty working in and through our lives.
to your honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Stand up and just open your bulletin to the highlights because there's a couple biggies. First of all, if you have children, this is a big announcement. If you look at the spotlight events, you see that family fun night. It is this Friday night, but notice in the dark font, if you want to come, you must register, and we extended that from, from last week to tomorrow night. you got to register by tomorrow, October 4th, by calling Cheryl Branson so we can be properly prepared for you because there's going to be a bunch of people of that. So you don't just come, up, come in and glad you're there. We want to make sure we have food and everything that goes with that. Now notice also Jim and Candy Fleming because you're one couple that said we didn't get registered and we love the camp out. Since we have to mow the grass, since we have to get the bonfire, we're going to go ahead and prepare campsites for you that want to camp out that night as well. You would just come early Friday, get your tent up, and be there, but I need to know so I can make sure we have enough campsites prepared. So uh, just let me know that. And then you look down there. If you're going to Costa Rica, notice that date's coming quickly. And then I've already mentioned there our challenge. Now, the good news, you can strike that 336 out. And Jeff got some bids in that were lower than that. So that's already jumped down to 310. So we're going to get there. We're going to get there like all of our goals. And we're going to go ahead and we're going to have, you know, upward basketball and cheerleading. So if you want to go out and register for a worker that, upward people are out there, we're going to have it. We're hoping still we have it in our gym. But for this week, we got to use October to build this road out here before it starts raining and snowing and freezing. So if you can give to that building fund, uh, join me and many others, and uh, we need 35000 in the building fund today. And we're gonna, we've already contacted the concrete guy. We even, in faith, started bringing gravel in on Friday. I said, we, we got to do this. We know what the weather does. And we're going to get that road done, so when we get in that building, we'll have a place to drive there. So we're just using good, uh, reasonable sense. I love you in the Lord, and I want you to know you count with God and you count with this church. And you just say to the person by you, you're more special than you'd ever realize. Say that to your son. You're more special. Yeah. See, and every one of you smiled when you said that. Because the devil tells us we're not very special, right? Let's pray together. I was going to have you, Joe, but you're just hugging. Meet those visitors right there in case you get out before. You're special too. You're special too. And we got, hey, come up here. Andrew, come up here. I just saw Andrew. I didn't realize it was you, Andrew, till you stood up. Friday, I was out here visiting with Albert in the parking lot. He'd come to get little Sophie. And this guy that has served our country for four years just got home. Yeah, on a submarine. And... Uh, He's rather big, isn't he? And he, had, he rode a Harley. He had a helmet, and he got off, and Albert and I are over there, and we're talking, and Albert says, Pastor, who's that guy? Because he looked pretty, kind of pretty rough. And uh, I said, I don't know, buddy. He may be a guy just coming to get some money because we have that. And Albert says, well, Pastor, go share Jesus with him. And I said, I will, buddy, but I tell you, he looks pretty big. And he didn't have a smile on then. He looked kind of mean, and he's just walking around. I said, now, if he takes me, you don't leave. I'll need someone to call, and, and you help me. And this is Andrew. And Andrew has served our nation for four years in a submarine. He's six foot seven, and only one inch taller do they allow you to get in a submarine. But I told Andrew... 
I said, buddy, uh, we have this manly night, and we like to have fun as well as see God work, but we already got Andy McCollum that's going to share his testimony how he brought Mike Wurgis, the 350-pound policeman. By the way, he and his wife are going to be baptized on anniversary Sunday, and Andy will be in there. So we'll be splashing water on anniversary Sunday. But I said, you know, Albert thinks he's a pretty big dude, but I'm going to get him up there between Mike Wurgis, 350 pounds, and you, and say, hey, little guy. (laughs) And uh, this is a guy that in 2008... Another Christian on that submarine took him to church, and he realized he needed Jesus. And he's a new babe in Christ. So you can come and just affirm him. See, I have to stand six feet high just to be a little taller than you. I like this, buddy, up here. But the Lord is good, and wherever you are, you are important in his grace. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your encouragement in our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for working in us that to your glory... And, Lord, our rejoicing, we will be devoted to the end, Lord. We praise you. Thank you for Andrew today and his service to our nation. Thank you even in that service for his salvation. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we just give you this week to live devoted unto you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.